Hey everyone and welcome to the Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party, causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host Michael Montalvo and for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. On this episode we examine the events that occurred February 17th. Superheroes have dominated the world of pop culture for the better part of the last 20 years. We see them in film, in comics, music, TV, radio, and more. With Disney Plus and their newer shows like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and really the continued future plans of both Marvel and DC, it shows no sign of really slowing down. The superhero genre encompasses the well-known, like Spider-Man, and the lesser-known, such as Hellboy, who had a reboot in 2019 that we will not discuss here. But it all had to start somewhere. So where did it start? Well, it all depends on what you consider to be a superhero. As we know, a superhero is a morally righteous hero in fictional work who has extraordinary are superhuman powers. Does this then mean that normal men and women without superhuman powers are not superheroes? Because if this is the case, then characters such as Batman or Iron Man or War Machine or The Punisher or Hawkeye or, well, the list goes on, are not superheroes. And that goes all the way back to the creation of stories. But then a superhero is also an exceptionally skillful or successful person. And as my mother responded in a recent discussion, a person who goes above and beyond to do what's right. So knowing this, who was the first? The year was 1936, and on this day, February 17th, the Phantom, known to many as the Ghost Who Walks, was first introduced. This character is recognized by Guinness World Records as the first superhero. Well, hold on, I hear you say to me. What about Greek heroes or Hugo Hercules who appeared in 1902? Or John Carter in 1912? Or The Shadow, 1931? Or another Lee Falk creation, Mandrake the Magician, 1934? To this, I say, I don't know. Honestly, I love the Phantom comics and the movie starring Billy Zane. I remember as a kid reading the daily newspaper comic strip and being excited when my parents told me that they were making a movie of it. It's still one of my absolute favorites to this day. Anyway, as always, to learn about the Phantom, we have to first look at the life of its creator. Lee Falk was born Leon Harrison Gross, April 28, 1911. His father died while Leon was young, and his mother remarried to Albert Falk Epstein. It was after college that Lee, a nickname he had been using since childhood, changed his surname to that of Falk, taking it from his stepfather's middle name. When he began writing after college, he made up stories about himself such as he was a world traveler and studied eastern mystics in order to make himself appear more like the characters he was writing about. He had a passion for magic and theater, and in 1934 combined the two to create Mandrake the Magician, 
and it was soon after that Falk came up with another idea for a comic strip, The Phantom. The story of The Phantom, according to the Fandom Wiki, is this. A young sailor, Christopher Walker Jr., born 1516, became the shipboy on his father's ship in 1526. On what was supposed to be the last voyage of his father in 1536, also February 17th for those curious, the ship was attacked by pirates of the Singh Brotherhood in the Bay of Bengala. The last thing Christopher saw before blacking out and falling into the sea was the murder of his father. He was found on shore by pygmies of the Bandar tribe, half dead, and was nursed back to health and taken care of by his new friends. Sometime later, Walker was walking the same beach he was found on and found the dead body of the pirate who had killed his father. He took the pirate's skull in his hands and swore a sacred oath, the oath of the skull. I swear to devote my life to the destruction of piracy, greed, cruelty, and injustice in all their forms. My sons and their sons shall follow me. Walker spent more time with the tribe and eventually learned their language, discovering that they were slaves of the Wasaka tribe. He walked to the Wasaka camp and asked for the Bandar tribe to be set free but was captured, although he was soon saved by a group of Bandar raiders. It was then that he learned of an ancient Bandar legend of a man who came from the ocean who would save them from slavery, and so went to work making this prophecy come true. He made a costume inspired by the demon god of the Wasakas and went to the village with the Bandar army. The Wasakas were terrified that their demon god was here and were fought back and the Bandar were set free. The Bandar people then showed Walker a cave that looked like a human skull and took on the name Skull Cave, which would serve as his home. When Walker died, his son took up the mantle of the Phantom as did his son after him and this led many people to assume that the Phantom was immortal, a man who could not be killed, the goes to walks. The reality of it, though, was just that he was a normal man who just took the oath of the skull upon his father's death. Quick side note here, though. I said the mantle is passed from father to son, but there have been female phantoms, such as Julie Walker. In this instance, her brother, the 17th Phantom, inherited the mantle, but Julie took on the name and became the first female phantom whenever her brother was injured or missing. And this was the way for more than 400 years. The most famous iteration of the Phantom is the 21st Phantom, Kit Walker. Kit spent his early years in Bengala but was sent to the United States to study where he would meet Diana Palmer, his future wife. Despite his success in America, Kit would return to Bengala upon learning that his father was dying to continue his family's legacy. Something I just found out while doing this research though was that the Phantom was originally supposed to be another character, Jimmy Wells, a billionaire playboy. And early strips actually had many implications toward this, but halfway through the first story, Falk changed it to the current Kit Walker. Here's another bit about the Phantom. He has two rings. The first, which is worn on his right hand, is the Skull Ring, which burns his skull into those he punches by using a berry juice that causes an intense reaction. Apparently, this ring was made by the Emperor Nero and is made from the nails that held Jesus to the cross. The other, one on his left hand, is the good mark ring, and is rarely used. It is the mark of the phantom appearing as four sabers touching points, and is given to those who have helped the phantom in a significant way. To those with the good mark, the phantom is honor-bound to help when they are in crisis. The character of Lobster Johnson 
from Hellboy actually has a similar thing to this with the lobster's claw that he burns onto his victims. And actually, Batman in Batman vs. Superman uses batterings to burn and brand his enemies. I'm not saying that these are directly related, but it seems like the influence of the Phantom is still being felt today. What it comes down to is this. The Phantom may not have been the first hero, but he was the first costume superhero that dressed in tights and wore a mask. When he was drawn, he was drawn with no pupils, a practice that's still used today. Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Batman, all have solid white eyes. When Guinness says that the Phantom is the first superhero, I think they mean it in the modern sense, that he laid the groundwork for the modern superhero, in both origins and appearance. He stood the test of time with a continuing comic to this day, and has even been a defender of the Earth. But don't worry, I won't shatter your eardrums by playing the theme at full volume. As for Lee Falk, he wrote for the Phantom until the day he died, March 13, 1999, from heart failure. It's said that while in the hospital, he would take off his oxygen mask to dictate the stories of the Phantom so that his adventures could be told. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps get us in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was Audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.